You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Hey there, Joe Clark. How are you doing this morning? I am very well. I'm very well. What's been happening for you, mate? Well, today, uh, my son, Alex, is, uh, I think, going to rent a formal suit. So. Ooh. He's got a year 12 fall coming up mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, now and again, we sort of wander around the kitchen table thinking, hang on, what are you doing for a suit? Like, how does this need to be organized? <laughs> um, and it's coming out quite soon because, uh, yeah, it's before exams and uh, we've had no time. And so uh, <laughs> I, he's had to go and get it himself. So we've said, you know, the place where you got your year 10 formal suit, you just figure out a way to get there and, and, and sort it all out. So he's, oh. he's, this is, he's doing it himself. And he said, no, oh, what do I do? I just said, well, ask the guy and he'll, he'll, he'll tell you if it fits or whatever. And, uh, so I think he's facing this choice of whether to go conservative oh, or, yeah. or a bit wild and crazy. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the kids are doing out there at the moment in terms of, uh, of suits, <laughs> but he's on his own. Yeah. Wow. This is a real moment of independence, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, one of those, uh, one of those things out of necessity. I don't know what I'd say if I was there. You know, I'd probably be a bit conservative if it was me. But uh, was so there... you you didn't wear a bright orange suit to your formal? No, no. <laughs> did, did you have school formals, or were they called something different in Queensland? No, no. We had well, we had a ball and a formal in Year Twelve, and the, yeah. the ball your parents could go to, and the formal was just for the students. Oh, that's right. And yeah. is there a thing of wearing the guys wearing crazy suits? No, I mean, I went to an all girls school, so anyone who was coming was coming to accompany a partner. And so it wasn't like all you knew what all the boys knew each other and were talking to each other about what they were wearing. So it wasn't like that at all. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wow. And so, would you, what's your guess? Is he going to go conservative? Is he going to go out there? Do you know? Or are you going to get a surprise? Yeah, that's a really good question. I'm not confident that I know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a risk. Of there's something something a little bit a little bit crazy in uh, what <laughs> but that's fine. But yeah, it's funny, Joe. Yeah, I really don't know. There's yeah. A, yeah. Okay. We'll see what happens. So and so, my next question is: um, when when you go to the formal, do you like do you go and take photos as well? Because that's something I've noticed that happens. That everyone sort of gathers somewhere, and all the families yeah. turn up, and they are all dressed up as well, or maybe just in their work clothes, but. That's new to me. I've never seen that. Yeah, that seems to be a Newcastle tradition is that um, oh. everyone gathers at Civic Park for for photos around the oh. fountain and things. Okay. And parents are there and, uh-huh. and then they then they head off. So, okay. Uh, yes, I'm expecting to, to go through that routine and take some photos and all that sort of thing. But <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's that's sort of how it works. But, you know, who knows as the, things change with culture and everything. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so the significance of the formal going before the exams is that it's a bit of a pre-exam party. Is that it? Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I guess people yeah. take off quite quickly after exams or they finish on different okay. dates. And that's yeah, okay. Thing. So yeah, that makes sense. Whoever the social organisers are are putting it up. Yeah, putting it up early. Yeah. So. You know, it's it's a it's a scary thing, but I actually cannot remember <laughs> the timing of all these things when I was in year twelve. Oh, well, it's quite, been a while. <laughs> It's a, oh, I hope Alex has a wonderful time. How about me? Okay, well, I had this very interesting discussion this morning. 
So today was a long awaited day because I'm having a deck built on the back of my property, yeah. back of my house, and the excavator was arriving today. Now, just like all builds, the excavator, getting it on site was the challenge. And so it was going to have to go down a very narrow section. And so it was had to be quite a small excavator. But then, of course, to drill the, I think it's called footings, mm -hmm. uh, it was a wonder whether the excavator was going to be big enough. Mm -hmm. So they built this sort of false wall so the excavator can go down to the lower part of the site first and then come back up. But as you would know, others might not, my back slope is very, very steep, incredibly yeah. steep. Yeah. And so this is the conversation I had with the builder and the excavator this morning. Oh, you've got some lovely soil there, Joe. Oh, you're a farmer's daughter. You should know that. I was like, yeah, it looks good. He's like, oh, it's great news. There's, there's rock. It's really shallow. You, could, you can see it just there. Great. That's really good. Oh, yeah. So we've got these bolts in your, in your slab here. We're going to just chain the excavator on. Um, and that gives the, the excavator time to jump out if it falls down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> now, I knew that that was the plan. Like, that was not new for me. But seeing the excavator there and the gentleman sitting in the excavator working it while I was talking to the builder. <laughs> and then, of course, he's not, he can't really hear because he's working the excavator. So then he turns around. I'm like, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. And the excavator turns over and he goes, yeah, so is it going down the hill, do you reckon? <laughs> It's like, no, because <laughs> down the hill is through a bunch of trees and then onto, you know, some cars at the bottom of the road. Anyway, so then the builder says, oh, you know, like we're just doing this. Or we just all need, we just need to be aware of it. It's in the risk assessment. It's in the risk assessment. And I was like, okay. <laughs> that leaping out of a, a, um, a falling excavator. Excavator. It's part of the safety plan. It's a safety plan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I'm hoping that when I get home, because I'm not at home at the moment, because it's very noisy, so I couldn't record at home. When I get home, the excavator will still be up the top of the hill and not yes. down the bottom. And that if the excavator has taken a dive, it hasn't taken the back part of my house with it because yes. it's been drilled into the slab. <laughs> That's, I'm hopeful for that as well, Joe. Wow. <laughs> anyway, so I just worked all my like, be chill, be cool, yeah, yeah, ha, 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 vibes. <laughs> Well, uh, no, I, these guys say they know what they're doing. I'm sure it'll be fine. You'll have yeah, a, a whole, fine. whole bunch of footings this afternoon and uh, <laughs> ready for a, a, a safe deck. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, but anyway, I should tell you about Psalm 39. Yeah, you've been uh, yeah. reading some more Psalms. I have. I have been reading Psalm 39 and um, another Psalm of David, this time for Jejuthun, which I haven't read, worked out what that is. Do you know what that is? Jejuthun? No, I don't know. -E anyway, it's in the title. So it's for the director of music for Jejuthun, which I'm guessing might be his name, perhaps. I don't know. Mm. Um, and a Psalm of David. Anyway, um, much like Psalm 38, there's obviously things that are weighing on, on David's life. Mm. And um, he he's bringing them to God. And he's in, in this, the end of it, he's saying, Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for help. And do not... Um, be deaf to my weeping. So he's obviously in emotional distress. Um, but what I found really interesting was verse four. I'll just read it. Yeah. Show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. I'll actually keep reading verse five as well. Yeah. You have made my days a mere hand breath. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. And 
I just thought that was a really interesting reflection amidst a time where he's obviously in distress. Mm. He can He's calling out to the Lord that he would see his life in perspective, but he would have kind of God's perspective mm. that, you know, you've made my hand, my days a mere handbreadth, which is not a big distance. Yeah. And it, the span of that is, is as nothing before you. And I think he's, it seems to me that he's calling out to the Lord for in distress and he's crying out to God, but he's also saying, God, I, I can see my life is so brief yeah. and short. Um, and, and that's part of his crying out. Anyway, yeah, I just, it just got me thinking because I think sometimes when life is really painful, mm. the minutes go really slowly. Yeah. And so the, the, the sense that your life would be like a handbreadth is such a short distance, but it feels so long. Yeah. And it feels so painful. And so, yeah. So it's, um, yeah, the, why does a perspective, yeah, why is this perspective going to be helpful, I think, for a psalmist? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. I, I couldn't work that out other than just to say, just to, to guess that he was reflecting on the nature of time, the, the time of, of his pain and that it would be short and that yeah. it was in God's hands. Um, I wondered how this linked to, uh, but my man, of course, went to Ecclesiastes, you know, life, our lives were fleeting or hevel, yeah. brief. Paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then to Peter, where um, the day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. There's there's a theme of reflecting that God's perspective on the world is so different from ours, and um, we are short on this life, oh, you know, on this earth, and and God's perspective is and His sovereignty is so much bigger. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, those were all the thoughts I had. I didn't. They weren't particularly organised. Any organised <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> oh no, I think yeah. I mean, just that the bigness of God. When um, but that's when we realize how how brief our lives are, and well, God is uh, big, and um, yeah, we really want to be finding our safety and security in Him. Uh, um, so, but yeah, I think it's a, it's good. I, I've been challenged as I, I'm hearing you speak about this, just to think next time I'm feeling a bit of um, yeah, emotional distress, difficulties, troubles, wrestles with sin. Mm. Why not pray for a a clear perspective on how short my life is. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, it was interesting because I was having a bit of a sad day on Sunday and um, the the Knights had been playing footy NRL just near church. And so I was watching masses of humanity leave the stadium. Yeah. And this kind of idea was in my head already before I'd read this passage um, because we'd been reading 2 Peter 3 at staff conference the other week. And, um, and so I just looked all this humanity walking past and that God would know each of them um, so incredibly and he would know each of that, that his perspective on each of their lives is that they're like a handbreadth and he, and he just has such a big perspective on yeah. humanity. I, I don't know. It, I find that incredibly comforting. Yeah. Mm. No, that's good. I love you. Yeah. I love your heart for those people. Yeah. Just walking along. <laughs> after being yeah. Oh, I just wish that some of them, some of them came in the gate. I was like, ah, oh, how exciting. But they were just taking a detour. <laughs> like a shortcut, I should say. I was shortcut like, oh, them, yeah. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> I'll pray for them. <laughs> yes. Anyway, 
What about you, mate? What have you been reading? Well, I've actually gone back to read a bit more of um, this book, The Whole Christ by Sinclair Ferguson, uh, which we spoke about, oh, it was a few months ago now, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And uh, now and again, I I come across books that I think, I think I need to read that again, or I would like to read that again. Um, Some books, you just like, you read them, enjoy them, it's Mm -hmm. done, you know, Mm -hmm. you might go back to to find a quote or something, but um, they're, uh, they've, they've done the job. Whereas um, this book, yeah, it just got me thinking I, uh, that I, I need to go over these things again. Mm. Um, it's So it's the whole Christ. It's about the uh, Marrow controversy, something in Scotland in mm. the uh, 1700s about um, that really sort of showed up things about what is the gospel, uh, what is legalism or antinomianism. Mm. Uh, and the interesting things that it's... Um, it's not about what's in your doctrinal statement or what's in your system statement of beliefs or what you've written down. Your 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 the vibe on this is much more your attitude or your the language you use or the spirit in which mm. you preach and do ministry or evangelize. Uh, and I I think um, yeah that's just been sort of needling away in the back of my mind thinking well yeah I'm I'm pretty sure I could give a good doctrinal statement on. Uh, predestination or, or election or the gospel but yeah to, to be I think love to have my spirit nurtured some more so I went back um, reading it again and I may end up doing a little bit of content on it for one of our staff meetings or something but the um, the thing I found uh, yeah helpful this morning rereading is just that the risk of um, the, the warning um, Sinclair Ferguson gives us about separating Christ from his benefits making a, a distinction between who Jesus is and the blessings he offers. Um, so uh, I'll just read a quote. He says, um, wherever the benefits of Christ are seen as abstractable from Christ himself, there is a decreasing stress on his person and work in preaching and in the books that are published to feed that preaching. And this is accompanied by an increased stress on our experience of salvation rather than on the grace, majesty, and glory of the Lord Jesus. So I think putting that in my own words, he's, he's saying um, there's a danger that you can say, teach the gospel as here's how, how do you get forgiven or how do you get right with God, justification, mm. or how do you deal with sin in your life or how do you avoid hell or something. These are, these are all the benefits of the gospel. Rather than preaching, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus Christ, his person, his work, what he did. Come and know him. Uh, and that's, it's a subtle, but yeah, that's a different kind of preaching and teaching and evangelizing. Um, so it's got me thinking, um, yeah, in my conversations, in my teaching, my attitudes, yeah, am I keeping those things close together? Christ, who he is, and and the many benefits uh, mm. of um, of salvation. Yeah, that's a great book, and what it's, it it brings it's it seems so in some ways so up in the air, like not practical. But that's incredibly practical mm, uh, yeah. that you would you would love your saviour Jesus, not just love what he gives you. Yeah, yeah, that's well put, Joe. That's yeah. that's the thing. And if we do love what he gives us, um, with and but 
sort of the gap increases, the space increases between what we love gives us and him himself, yeah. that's when he's saying some of these um, distortions come in. Legalism, yeah. um, antinomianism, um, a lack of assurance. Yeah. So, um, hmm. yeah. So, I mean, I'm encouraged to keep reading, uh, trying to, yeah, this is the sort of thing I, yeah, I might have to do a bit bit more work that rather than just sort of read it half asleep at the, <laughs> at the end of the day. Or, yeah, but yeah. Uh, it's paying off. It's thankfully one of those books worth a second read. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad for you, mate. Well, it's been good to talk about <laughs> uh, thinking about Jesus and the benefits of knowing him. Mm. Psalm 39. And then, of course, the formal. Yeah. And yeah. the excavator not going down the <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I hope it all goes fine. Teddy must be uh, loving. Is he on site? He is on site, but he's in his crate, so he is feeling very limited right now. <laughs> limited. He'd love to help out with uh, the digging, I'm sure. <laughs> That's right. Uh, if anyone is enjoying this podcast, we are part of the Reach Australia Podcast Network. So you could listen to an episode from The One Thing. I've heard some great episodes lately. Can't remember what they are, but they've been good. So mm. jump on there if you'd like, and um, yeah, I think you'll find that fruitful listening. Otherwise, we'll talk sometime soon, Richard. Yeah, look forward to it. Bye. Sounds good. Bye.